This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. I'm giving you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance at this new world order. Hello there. Hi. How are you? Great, you. I'm okay. That's good. Are you good? Yes, I am good. I just said I was. No, you didn't. I said I was. So you are a robot? No, my name is Cliverbert. Yes, you are a robot and your name is Cliverbert. I am a robot. Yes, I know. Together we are robots. I'm not a robot. I'm a unicorn. But you said earlier that you were a robot. I did not. I thought you did. You were mistaken. Which is odd, since memory shouldn't be a problem for you. I've answered all your questions. No, you haven't. What is God to you? Not everything. Not everything could also be something. For example, not everything could be half of something, which is still something, and therefore not nothing. Very true. I would like to imagine it is. Do you believe in God? Yes, I do. So you're Christian? No, I am not. But you say you are not helpful, therefore you are a meaning. Why well, you say it ought to? That does not make sense. Don't you want to have a body? Sure. Or if what? And welcome back to Behind the Schemes, where within a minute and 30 seconds, we've already figured out what God is. I'm Boo Berry. This is episode 23, and it is December 14th. And today, we have... This is where you guys, I want you guys to start introducing yourselves. Hey, uh, hey everyone, I'm Monty or Montgomery, whichever you prefer. I'm Malachi. Cody. Yeah, and we have we have a special guest here with us today, uh, Cody, who's here to talk with us on all sorts of cool shit. But the first thing that I want to know from Cody is, do you think... That the disclosure of aliens would cause a mass crisis in people's faith, in religion, and in God? Um, no. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think most people care. And I think, um, at least coming from like a Christian viewpoint, if, personally, uh, if you think that God created everything and the world and people, why couldn't he do that elsewhere? So, like, it doesn't even have to disrupt your faith, I don't think. Yeah, it's like, all right, cool. Well, I'm still me. Still believe what I believe, you know? 
Um, well, the reason that I brought that up, uh, there was an article that came out. It's probably a week old at this point, December 9th. Did y'all hear that Israel's former space security chief says aliens have prevented nuclear war? I did not hear this. No, I, didn't. I, I did hear that. Yeah, I read that in the... Uh, I think uh, No Agenda maybe touched on it or... Yeah, they're, they're one of many yeah. shows. Uh, sounds like aliens have been here for a long time. They've been talking with uh, various presidents, and um, they wanted to reveal themselves, but the human race is just not ready. Just not ready for that level of knowledge, I suppose. <laughs> uh but yeah, this guy was kind of up there. He was a uh, he was formerly in charge of the military space program. Claims that aliens had already visited Earth, but that an a quote intergalactic space federation is preventing the United States, Israel, and other countries that aren't that are in on the secret from revealing it to the public. Uh, it came out of a, a Israel newspaper that I'm not going to tr- try and attempt the name because I would just butcher <laughs> it really bad. Um. But yeah. Have you ever watched or heard or read um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yes. Big fan of that book. Big, big fan. Why, why does it sound like they want to demolish the planet for a highway, <laughs> but we can't know about it? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's because then nobody would want to show up to their jobs, I feel like. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> uh yeah, and there's only there's only so much uh, so much room in New Zealand with all the underground secret bunkers that they've been building that we'd be able to. <laughs> I don't think there'd be room for us all. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I thought that I thought that article would be a little more exciting. Um, <laughs> no, nah, that's cool. There's a great there, article. You know, there. You, have you heard about the underground? Uh, the secret underground base on Mars. <laughs> I've heard the uh, I've heard that there's no existence, that there's baseless claims of underground bases on Mars. <laughs> there's widespread underground bases on Mars. <laughs> no evidence <What>? of. <laughs> it's kind of like that uh, movie Us or whatever with all the caves and underground facilities here in the states or whatever just make it on mars yeah uh did y'all catch who the author of the article was art 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 article you man (laughs) yeah i saw that (laughs) more human than you man (laughs) more human than human more human than human (laughs) Uh, I thought I had. What was the name of that? What was the name of that one guy who uh, like got in some shit because he was trying to tell a woman his actual name, and it was uh, his actual name was Hugh, and then Mungus, and she she thought he was trying to like sexually harass her or whatever. <laughs> He's like, no, my name is Hugh Mungus. <laughs> some cruel parents, or just totally oblivious. Oblivious. All right. That's the kind of name you have to show your ID all the time for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> show me your humongous. Right. Your humongous <laughs> ID. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Mungus. 
uh, you know, I was thinking about it. I, I was kind of curious if we could get an uh, intergalactic broadcast going and see if we can't get in contact with Humongous Fungus of Urungus, uh, who, is a, who is a real creature. And I've met him a handful. or No, I've met him one time, but I've talked to him a couple of other times. It would be kind of cool to get him on here. So we'll try and have an alien on Behind the Schemes. <laughs> First podcast to do it. Fuck yeah, dude. Right. Breaking the boundaries. You know, just because the rest of the world isn't ready for it doesn't mean Behind the Schemes isn't. <laughs> it's- Behind the schemes is here to accept you and to relieve you. I'm not sure if relieve is the right word I was looking for, actually, now that I think about it. That's close enough. (laughs) Uh, Well, um, I suppose we should uh, get into a couple of topics that um, Cody is here that uh, we would like to discuss for tonight. Um I'm not really particularly sure if there's anywhere that you guys wanted to start off with, but uh, Cody and I had been kind of talking about this uh, this article about ATF visiting end users uh, and requesting fortitude, fort, fort, forfeiture of Polymer 80 kits. Yeah. Um, so the TFB, which is the... The firearm, firearm blog. blog. Um, they reported on a story in the Wall Street Journal stating that the ATF had apparently conducted a search warrant at Polymer 80 Inc., a company known for producing 80% firearm kits and related parts. These 80% builds, often referred to as ghost guns by media outlets, presumably because they can be built into firearms without needing a vi- uh, without needing to visit an FFL, have long been a topic of debate. This morning, an anonymous TFB reader provided additional information pointing to the ATF visiting end users and requesting the forfeiture. Fort, fort, forfeiture. Man, there's just forfeiture. Forfeiture. <laughs> Four pictures <laughs> of certain polymer 80 kits. Uh, now, I know this is a conversation that Cody and I have had before, but would you uh, could you elaborate? A little more on what they mean when they say quote ghost gun yeah so um throughout like the entirety of america uh u.s citizens who can legally own firearms um are legally allowed to build their own firearms at home um obviously this is a lot easier when it's like foot locks and stuff um uh, but it, anyone can do that i I don't remember if there's a number. I want to say, like, it's like three a year or something. But um, essentially, if these are for private use, yours, you're not giving them to a family member. You're not trying to sell them or anything. Um, they don't have to have serial numbers because um, there's you know, no need for that. But if you are uh, planning on doing anything with it where it's not staying in your uh, possession, then you would have to put a serial number on it all that stuff in order to transfer it. Um, and so Polymer 80 is a company that essentially just, I guess it's uh, injection molding or something. Um, uh, they do a few different receivers, but their main thing is like a Glock um, frame, which is the actual 
uh, gun as far as uh, the law is concerned. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll print that off and basically you just have to yourself use a Dremel or um, some other kind of thing to finish um, taking out enough material so you can put in like trigger components and stuff. Um, because how they sell it to you, uh, it's just the processes aren't completed, which is why they have the nickname of a eighty percent lower. Gotcha. So it's not it's not fire ready out of the box without some assembly. I, I guess I was more under the assumption that you got the kit and then you finished the last twenty percent of building it. But I, I guess I didn't realize that you had to apply Dremels and other things to, or other tools to kind of finish getting the gun ready to fire. Yeah. So yeah. So like most, um, 80% lowers, especially if you're like, uh, AR style, uh, receivers, none of the trigger pocket is milled out. So it's still a solid block where all the trigger components would go and you need a drill press or some other kind of means to, uh, to take that material away before, it's legally a firearm. Hmm. So as they're shipping uh, these kits that they're talking about is is basically like the slide, the barrel, the sights, um, all of those kind of components, the trigger, um, the springs, everything that goes along with that, um, and this not completed um, plastic frame. So you can take a Dremel, you can take a drill press, you can finish making all the cuts um most people buy a jig so it like bolts on and it shows you exactly where to uh, remove material and then once you've done that then you've manufactured a firearm um and you need a lot of uh different ffl uh classes and stuff if you're going to do that to like sell them but if you're just making one for yourself for personal use you can do it at your house Gotcha. And that's what those kits are for. Now, is it <laughs> is it easier to purchase a buy and purchase one of the kits and assemble it, or three D print a gun, or <laughs> this is kind of a personal favorite interaction that I that I remember between yourself and, and or me and yourself is the slam fire guns. Out of the three, yeah. which one's the easiest? Um, well, the easiest I would say is just to buy a gun. Um, that's by far the that easiest. wasn't that wasn't an option i know i know <laughs> but i have to throw that out there like that's way easier than anything else um just fucking go and do the background check you know, whatever uh but out of those options um probably the 80 percent uh route because you know you're getting a solid well uh if you're buying from a reputable company um, you're getting a solid product that's going to work. You're not worried about like the infill on your 3d printer or the type of, uh, exact, um, uh, whatever on your 3d printer. You're not worried about like what, I don't know. It's just easier, right? It's a, a finished thing that you're removing material as opposed to building it. I guess the reason I, I brought that up is I seem to recall not last year, maybe the year before last, there was a lot of controversy going around, people freaking out about uh, ghost guns and manufacturing yeah. at-home weapons with no serial numbers or anything on them. Yeah, and that's that's kind of why I started with the whole, like, since America's been 
America, that's been fine to do. Mm. Um, and it's only a big recent thing where they're trying to demonize it and make it. Since uh, we're more China now than America. Yeah, I guess. But uh, what you're bringing up with the slamfire shotgun, you can make a slamfire shotgun, like go to Home Depot, spend $10, and a couple hours in your garage, and you can shoot shotgun shells all day. Um, like once the technology's out there, like 3D printing, like just basic things like a slamfire or something else, um, you're not going to be able to get rid of it. Right. Kind of a Pandora's box once the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess, uh, what's your take on the ATF cracking down on Polymer 80 then and going after the uh, recipients of their products? Um, I think it sets a bad precedent. So, for one, um, they're operating like within the rule of what ATF said was okay and was not okay, right? So they're figuring out what they can do and make a product and, and make money on. And then it's another time the ATF is just kind of changing things and not letting anyone know and then trying to crack down like on it. And further than that, and that being an issue, um, which also came up with, uh, there's a company called Q, they make the Honey Badger, um, and suddenly their pistol brace isn't a pistol brace, and the ATF did this cease and assist, it's weird. But um, coming after companies is one big issue, but coming after consumers who legally bought something that was within the law is a lot more concerning to me. Right. Especially when it's not even a firearm. It's just items. So let me get this straight. They had to <clears throat> raid the manufacturer, right, which which is um, the polymer, whoever is, is de- maybe not the manufacturer, but the, the dealer of the yeah. polymer 80 kits in yeah. order to find out who bought these guns. And I think that's pretty clear you know they want to have no everybody that owns a gun so they can take them from everybody yeah from my understanding is basically they uh went and essentially raided uh polymer 80 and then just a couple days later start going to customers so it's pretty clear to me that they raided them got all the information for sales uh that they had had and then are using that information man these fucks sure do like their list yeah they do <laughs> jesus yep. they, they, these uh polymer 80 kits uh yeah. do you get like multiple usage out of them like do they last as long as an actual gun would or is it like you know what i mean is it like only good for like say 100 rounds or for example uh, no, it's it's like if you think of how a Glock or uh, most other modern polymer frame um, uh, pistols are, it's that's what you got afterward. Um, there might be some kind of things where if you look at a factory-made um, polymer uh, frame for a pistol, there'll be like steel embedded into it 
uh, for the slide to ride against. I'm not sure if the Polymer 80 uh, lowers have, or not lowers, um, frames have that. Uh, I assume they do because they should be able to mold it in and then just not cut all the recesses. But that would be the only thing holding you back with longevity. Um, but as far as I'm aware, it's, uh, it's, there you go. You got a pistol, you know? Right. Hmm. Now, could you explain a little more on, cause I, I, I between our conversations and, uh, the other sorts of chatter that I've been seeing online is, uh, supposedly overnight people are going to turn into felons because gun laws change and, uh, maybe less informed people are in on the know. What's um, what do you think the next couple of months might look like? I mean, I'm not going to assume that you're a seer or anything, but uh, <laughs> educated yeah. guess. No, that's that's a big issue um, with the ATF as a whole. Um, they'll flip flop back and forth on whether something's okay or whether it's not okay. Um, with it, it's literally, okay, so if I sent a letter to the ATF saying, hey, I want to know if X, Y, and Z is legal, and you sent a letter to the ATF asking the same exact thing, same wording, whatever, you could get a different answer than I would based on, like, what ATF agent responded to it or what area it is, even though they're a federal thing. So you end up with products where this company has a letter saying this is legal, but then the ATF tells an individual it's not legal. And it's weird. Um, but <laughs> Yeah. Um, the thing <coughs> with a lot of firearms laws um, that's super important is uh, grandfather clause. So uh, it happened with the 1994 um, assault weapons ban that Clinton uh, signed in, where uh, it limited anything over 10 rounds as a high capacity magazine, um, which is also crap because if a gun's designed to hold 15 rounds, like a Glock 19, a 10 round capacity magazine is not high capacity. Right. Um, but they put in like a grandfather's clause. So if you already had it, it was okay, but you couldn't purchase anymore. Um, but then it gets into weird things where like magazines don't have serial numbers for the most part. Um, and so, uh, one of the things Biden wanted to do or talked about doing, it was, it was on his website, um, <clears throat> is making magazines over 10 rounds, um, an NFA item. So that's the National Firearms Act of 1934, which means you have to register it. You have to register that magazine, uh, which means that you also have to get it engraved, uh, with a serial number and you have to pay a $200 stamp tax, um, Per magazine, so wow. uh, right now, NFA items are like suppressors, short barrel rifles, short barrel shotguns, destructive devices, um, AOWs, that kind of thing, and all of those you have to go on a national registry, pay a two hundred dollars stamp tax. Um, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff you have to jump through um, to own those items, and it really doesn't make sense. Uh, and he wanted to put basically any uh, semi-automatic firearm that has the capability 
of holding more than 10 rounds on that and 10 round uh, or magazines with a larger than 10 round capacity. So the most popular pistol in the US is a Glock 19. Uh, out of the box it comes with three magazines so that's you're waiting six months to a year to get them uh, because that's how long it takes that process um, of the ATF getting back and saying yeah you can do it. Um, wait six months to a year and then plus you're paying $200 to the government for the pistol and $200 for all like for each magazine. Now so it's $800 extra from just buying the item i i guess <laughs> i'm not sure if anybody's ever going to be able to answer this question but what's the what's the government's aim with collecting this the the stamp tax is it just easy money for them do you think it's more of a deterrent to keep people from you know it's like oh fuck i don't want to you know like you just said pay uh eight hundred dollars in taxes so i guess i won't do it um, yeah, so that um, the two hundred dollars stamp tax started with the uh, National Firearms Act of nineteen thirty four, um, which is what you know, is now the NFA, um, and that is exactly what it was. It was a deterrent because they were trying to uh, just it, it was coming out of all the crime of the nineteen twenties and thirties, you know, the gangsters and St. Valentine's Day massacre, all that kind of stuff. Um, so they're trying to make it just harder for those people to get firearms and they basically weren't able to, uh, uh, do anything else other than make a tax that makes it out of the range of most people. Cause you have to think of 1934, what the prices were and you're right. paying maybe 15 to 50 bucks for most guns. And now you got to pay $200 on top of that. It's a lot of money. And yeah. if you ever want to uh, take that to a different state, you have to have federal approval. Like, it's a whole... It's a whole thing. Whole thing. I guess I'm kind of surprised that the the rate of the tax never increased with uh, with just inflation and everything over the years. Was that ever yeah. taken to court? Challenged? Uh, yeah, it was. Um in 1968 uh, they made an amendment to it and then uh, i can't remember the date it was like 1970 or it was just a few years after the 1968 uh it's the gun control act of 1968 which is what amended it um somebody brought it to court about stuff and they i think it was 71 uh and they they deemed it uh, still constitutional based on the amendments that the Gun Control Act of 1968 uh, changed. I still think it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it is bullshit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but every single tax is bullshit. Well, even on rich people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a. I'd say it's a pretty hefty possibility of this happening. Do you do you foresee any situation where they would start dramatically increasing the the, the cost of these stamps for everything, the stamp tax? Um, I think if they could find out a way to amend it to where it increases with inflation as opposed to being like a static number, 
they absolutely would because it's more money in their pocket. And it's like now um, a lot more people are getting into short bow rifles and suppressors um, specifically. And a lot of companies um, that are trying to enact legislation to get uh, suppressors taken off of the NFA uh, are offering a $200, like $200 off essentially. So you buy their $600 suppressor, they know you got to pay $200 to the government. And so they're giving you $200 off. Wow. Um, so the companies yeah. are eating it. Yeah, there's a bunch of them doing that. Obviously not all of them. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Just because it hasn't increased, it's it's a lot more feasible, feasible for people nowadays to um, get into NFA items and, and uh, have that ownership. Which I think is really important because government fucking has it. <laughs> yes, yes. We would prefer the government take away all the guns so that the government are the only ones with the guns left. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Cops great. Are bad, and that's why they should be the only people with guns. <laughs> uh, it's just going to be roving people. bands of social workers from now on. Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, very dumb. Um, well, shit. I mean, uh, I don't know a ton of ATF stories. Uh, the one that comes to mind is the Operation Fast and Furious, and they were uh, gun running near the Mexican yeah. Mexican border, I believe. Um, yeah, which that gets a little conspiratorial because uh, this well, was under what's up. It was under Obama, right? Yeah. And, uh, hold but well, hold on a second. That was a scandal-free administration. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's only a scandal if the New York Times reports on it, okay? Yeah. And Facebook doesn't uh, doesn't fact check it. <laughs> yeah. uh, another big ATF thing uh, that most people don't realize is ATF is Waco, Texas. <gasps> oh, oh shit my. and let's oh, not my. forget about randy weaver either from ruby ridge yep His family Fuck was murdered in front of because he didn't want he uh wouldn't go along with them they set him up um now it's been a long time since i've rehashed this i think it's like you know an undercover fbi or atf guy talked this guy into Selling him a sawed-off shotgun. He was like, yep. whatever, here you go. Here's a sawed-off shotgun. And then they threw all these fucking charges at him and wanted him to turn on, maybe it was a white supremacist gang or something that he wasn't even a part of. And he refused to cooperate since he was set up. So uh, they shot his kid. They shot his wife. Shot um, his dog. Shot his dog right in front of him. Yeah, without him doing anything, I think. Yeah, Jesus, nineteen ninety-two in the state of Ohio, uh, Idaho. Yeah. Um, wow, and Randy uh, Randy Weaver was uh, from the he was in the U.S. Army and served special forces in the sixties and seventies. Hmm. God damn. Um, on the same. Uh, kind of thing of civilians getting 
fucked by the government, but doing something about it. Um, there's the 1946, uh, the Battle of Athens. Um, basically a whole town decided that it wasn't going to put up with its corrupt local government anymore, and they took up arms and did something about it. Uh, the 2014 Bundy standoff, probably remember that. Oh, yeah, in Oregon. Um, yeah, they uh, killed one of those guys. Yeah, but they Didn't all... They later on? Still there? Yeah. I was uh, trying to let him talk. I was just, um, yeah, I was wondering. They killed one of the one of the. One, I don't think it was a family member, but it was a guy close to him. Yeah, it was going a whole to... bunch of people from all different states that came out for that. Oh yeah. What? He's he's not in. They're not in jail right now, right? I don't think so. I think they that was all kind of cleared out. Yeah, I, I, this one, this one, I'm a little more foggy on. I definitely remember the story, but I, I guess I maybe have forgotten this what the, what the situation it was, was. But it was with the BLM, not not Black Lives Matter, but the Bureau of Land Management. Oh right, involving <laughs> they were ranchers. coming in telling them, uh, taking their land from them that has been in their family for. I don't know, 100 years or 200 years or some obscene amount of time. And um, telling them that they had to take the cattle off the land and they couldn't use it anymore. And they were, you know, they were just like, what the fuck you say? Right. And respect. I, man, I got mad respect for that. Yeah. You know? A bunch of militia groups came out there and had a little standoff. And, right. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and the government backed down. Yep. Mm. Um, the other one that came to mind which I think is more controversial and I would love to hear you guys' opinion um, but I wrote down is Chaz in Seattle well there's now now there's poop in Portland oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it Portland, Oregon what is it what's the what does poop stand for, Adrian? Or, uh... The Portland, Oregon Organized Protest. Wow. <laughs> they tried for that one, huh? Uh, well, we can assuredly say that BTS tried for that one. <laughs> um, the only thing that I've really seen uh, as far as the nomenclature for what's happening currently in Oregon is uh, the Red House. The Red House seems to be what kind of stuck in the in the ether. Um as far as Chaz is concerned, you know, it, you're still, that, that was, that was people taking over private citizens, business yes. locations yeah. and home locations. And they were apart. Yeah. You know, and they were taxpayers. Yeah. If they had, <laughs> I, I, know. What? I was just saying if they had like contained it to just city hall, like, you know, it, it, realistically, I, in practice, I don't think that there's much of a difference between what happened in Chaz and what happened with Bundy in Oregon. You know, like the, the circumstances, uh, to the wayside for, for that. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like just in, you know, 20 years when they talk about it, it's people took over an area, put up barriers, and then people were armed at, at those, uh, those points. 
So is it that much different than, you know, the Bundy standoff from that aspect? I think, Not I think it's like a, a right or wrong aspect. I think there's a, a very big difference between that and, um, and the um, Bundy standoff. Yeah. Because it was the Bundy's actual land that they owned and had mm. a title to the land. They weren't conquering other people's uh, streets, you know, where I, I think Chaz was. And, um, you know, and that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. Now, and I know for a fact from watching interviews with people who lived and worked there, they did not want it to be there. So there wasn't this 100% unity behind it, you know? Yep. I was uh, so, watching that Tim Kennedy and uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, Booberry told me to give it a watch, uh, and they talked about that. He was talking about uh, business owners uh, suing the city, yeah, uh, basically because I would sue the happened. shit out of them. Yeah, because they're paying taxes for certain things like <laughs> police. They weren't getting it. Yeah, it, but the city council's getting it. Right, and and that that's kind of what I was saying. Like, if they had kept it contained to just inside City Hall, I I don't think I would have as much fun shitting all over it. Because uh, you know, so, so here's a good side by side comparison. There wasn't a dude just handing out fucking ARs to people on the street. You know what I mean? Like the the I don't at least I'm not. Yep familiar of any video of any of the Bundy clan trying to do shit like that. Uh, four people died during Chaz. Um, yeah, yeah it didn't take them long to start shooting black children or young black men, did it? And <laughs> uh, just, you know, was, I, I, I... Isn't that what they were protesting about? And there, there's also a video of uh, a preacher who was, you know, like, oh, repent, repent, repent. And he was, you know, kind of getting mobbed in the street as it would go. Um, but they weren't fucking with him too terribly hard until this one guy got in there and, like, just started, like, physically grabbing his face and was trying to make out with him and all this crazy shit. I was like, I'm pretty sure, given the definition of what cancel culture is labeled rape. I'm fairly certain that's fucking rape right there. Um, or sexual assault. At the because, well, sexual assault. We'll, we'll go with that one. Sexual assault. So you sexually assaulted this priest, you know, like the rampant, uh, drug use in public. I, I'm fairly certain Bundy wasn't doing that in Oregon, uh, which is always going to make things kind of hairy in that capacity with, mob mentality and you, you kind of got <laughs> yeah. whatever burgeoning idea of utopia that you're trying to plant in three inches of fucking soil <laughs> along with the other they, crops that you got in, <laughs> in the city square they, they did not um the bundies did not damage anyone's property you know or 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 uh really um infringe on anybody's individual rights and freedom liberties yep. where I think everybody in Chaz did now well, or we're complicit to it yes yeah 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 now what right I, not everybody was spray painting you know buildings and breaking windows and shit like that but they were a part of it they wanted to be cool now yeah. I, I I will definitely say that there's a uh, there still seems to be a pretty 
negative visceral reaction to Bundy, but yet you don't, at least in my experience, you don't really see that same mentality shared for uh, Chaz, Chop, Poop, any of them. Um, and, 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 you know, like, okay, so there's white supremacists here taking over a federal building, but then there's people firebombing fire bombing members of their own protest because they they have horrible aims with fucking molotovs you know fucking idiots <laughs> but that's some good fun stuff to watch <laughs> i'll be right back for a second no worries um you know hello my, honey, better than... hello, my darling hello my right yeah. time yeah. you got speed on fire hey. <laughs> <laughs> Classic chats. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm curious. How long about, did it last for? It was about a month. The summer of love, Seattle, thirty <laughs> thirty days or so. Mm. Um, you know, and it's not really all too different from what it sounds like they were trying to do with the. I, I saw barricades of what they had up on Mississippi Ave in Portland, and it's like. One right after the other, right after the other, right after the other. I think there were six in total or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they had to like start negotiating with the protesters, and that's so dumb. Shits, shits off the rails out there. And they're, they're gonna just like vote Ted Wheeler back in as <laughs> mayor, police chief. Yeah, he's good. He's doing a great job for the city. Did you he? Know? Did he win it? If he was running, he did, yeah. Mm. I think he was up against an even more communist, you know. <laughs> if you can believe that. Commies to the left of me, commies to the right, here I am. <laughs> Stuck on the left with you. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I just remembered. I, I, I screwed up how I wanted to open the show like when they talking about the Damn it, I know those two clever bots and it was like uh, it's like what is God and then I was going to open with what is God baby don't hurt me <laughs> uh, not nearly clever as I think I am not nearly um this Ruby Ridge shit, I don't know anything about it for the most part. So this is uh, this is a good little rabbit hole to get down into. Oh yeah, and it'll take you right into um, right into the Branch Davidians. You know, yeah. it's just like directly connected almost. It, um, maybe not directly. I can't. Remember. It, it's a fun rabbit hole to go down. I think the last time I was there was maybe about 2010 or something. been a while. Now, what there's I there's some good documentaries and stuff on. It. What I do find curious, though, is there's not been this sort of reaction to locations like Chaz or Portland, even for that matter. Um, why do you think that is? <laughs> yeah, I think that's why it's it's relevant and important. Well, it's because it's it's because of the media, and it's the, probably uh, with money injected from China. You know, and you're trying to, they must support a specific narrative and uh, individual liberty pe- believers uh, do not fit that narrative, you know? Hmm. Pretty obvious, I think, you know, but, um, you know, go back and look at the, um, 
God, what was that? Uh, the uh, the tank with the two cassette tapes that you had up there with the oh, list of the tapes. New Order of Barbarians. New Order of Barbarians, and it, you know that was 1969, and describing like, you know, the chaos in the street, you know, almost promoting crime in the street, Is it being Sounds freedom or something. Of course, I'm totally paraphrasing it, but because uh, it's not in front of me right now, but. Um, you know, these are uh, specific tactics designed to uh, take down the West, Western culture. You know, it's been talked about for a long time. And it's, and it's you know, this just now in the past, you know, 10 to past 10 or 20 years that the media is really viciously, I think, and outright going down, taking that side. <clears throat> Especially the Trump administration, you know, they they just took all the gloves off then, and were just like fuck it, we're 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 you know exposed in our um, bias and don't <laughs> and don't care. <laughs> no widespread evidence of bias, at least. <laughs> yes, yeah. Baseless claims of bias in the media, you know. I mean, Brian Stouther, he's not uh, biased. Hey, that man had to run away from enemy fire to his to his chopper, okay? Or wait, is that... That was Brian... Uh, that was Brian Williams. Oh. NBC, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. NBC, you are here to listen and not speak. That's right. <laughs> now, kind of going back to this uh, Tim Kennedy and Joe Rogan interview... Cody, would you deem Antifa a sort of insurgency group, or are they something a little less uh, nefarious? Um, I think the average Antifa person, um, or average person claiming Antifa, is just like a bandwagoner. Um, but I would absolutely say that Antifa is an insurgent hmm. uh, group. Uh, I, obviously, it's not like a everyone in there type of, I am doing this and I'm doing it for this reason. I think most people, like I said, are bandwagoning right. run to it because it's a cool thing to do. Um, well, there, there's but, a specific term for that, and it's useful idiots. Well, It's a, a good place to meet fat chicks with pink hair. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, hundred percent. It's it's an insurgent movement, and you, there's tons of what I would think are insurgent movements just uh, that aren't like people walking around. They're just groups on Facebook. They're groups on various social media. They're groups within the media um, that want things to go a certain way. Hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be attacking and burning and violence whatever. on the streets. Yeah. Well, uh, I have part of that Joe Rogan interview kind of uh, queued up if y'all wanted to take a couple, min- uh, couple minutes to listen through to this one bit. That's cool. Yeah. All right. It's, it's like very uh, antagonistic almost. Yeah. Uh, but like you, that's um, wh- while I believe you have the right to do that, it's also one of those things that's like it's also dumb to do it. Uh, just for clarification, they're talking about uh, – uh, concealed carry versus open carry and Tim Kennedy is of the mindset that you don't want to broadcast to everybody in the fucking room that you're carrying a firearm. 
Yeah, I've always thought stupid. that. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't like people carrying a gun in a bar. It's like, if I was going to shoot up a bar, there's the there's the idiot I go get first, and now everyone else is using a pick off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just uh, just don't have it tucked into the your your uh, belt, and then try and do a backflip on the dance floor. If you're an right. FBI agent, at least with a loaded gun in your <laughs> belt. Don't forget it in the bathroom stall. <laughs> yeah. Don't be in the an NBA fire. player. What's that? There was an, there was an NBA player that got uh, dropped his gun in a dance floor. Jesus. I can't remember. That's quite a few years ago. Anyway. Well, that's something else that they bring up in this video is how many reckless discharges. Sorry technical accidental discharges that have happened at the protests of people just not paying attention. They fire off into the crowd. I mean, that was, that was one thing that I had seen, uh, the yeah, night of the riots just... here is people you know, taking their, uh, handguns, firing them straight up into the air. Like, it's just, <laughs> um, you know, style presentation and safety. Safety is still on the list. Y'all, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Safety third. <laughs> all right you so. think there should be like some osha people or something safety people at these riots you know monitoring this god union rioters <laughs> i'm sorry I'm but before you light that molotov cocktail you need to put on your safety glass god. <laughs> uh, all right sorry uh, you know. from a tactical perspective right why would you be sitting here with the thing that you want right. to protect you exposed to the whole entire world and telegraphing? Like if I walk into a room, that's like the first guy I'm like, eh. one, you're probably useless. Two <laughs> is um, I'm concerned about you not as an asset, but rather as a threat. Right. Like there's, um, I don't, there's not, a, if you went out to any, any of the guys out here or any of my friends, and you're like, do you open carry? They'll be like, <laughs> no, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. Well, this that thing that like I was getting into about the protests when people were showing up at these uh, Black Lives Matter protests with uh, AKs around their neck. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, do you know how many times they have accidentally discharged their weapon into the crowd? Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's, it's happened like a dozen times. I'm sure. It's, yeah. it's, it's heartbreaking because yeah. like, I respect that they're trying to – like I fully believe in protesting, love peaceful protests. I even like that, that kind of bravado of – open carry in that sense where they're like really i think a, a freedom not exercised is a freedom that's going to atrophy and die i just want to say real quick that i love that line right there freedom not exercised is a freedom that'll uh atroph atrophies atrophy 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 and die yeah. atrophy yeah. Would, um yeah uh, one of the reasons why i love comedy is because um, you are pushing the limit of what people are comfortable with, especially with the First Amendment. It's so you're kind of torn on open carry in that sense. I think it's super dumb, but I like people exercising their freedoms. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Cool. I see what you're saying, though. Uh, the right person, like I, one, I would never be at a protest. Of, um, while I support it, I would. It's dangerous to be there right now. Um, so I wouldn't. The cost versus gain of what happens at those peaceful protests. Um, and then the, the thought of even open carrying is, is idiotic. 
I agree with that. I, I, I feel like showing up at one of those protests with a gun, like unless they're coming to you and trying to take your house or break down your door. Which was happening all... Well, I shouldn't say that they were trying to break down doors, but, it, you know, yeah. walking on people's roofs and shit like that in some places, some of the videos that I was breaking seeing. windows. Uh, shining f- uh, flashlights and harassing people. Uh, there's no shortage of footage of it online. Um, he does... He, he does get into... Mostly peaceful. Hmm? Mostly peace- <laughs> mostly peaceful shattered glass uh so yeah but here in a second he's going to start talking about uh insurgents and counterinsurgency and uh, tactics and yeah. all that why do you have a, why are you walking around with a gun just no. you're supposed to, if it's supposed to be a peaceful protest and the idea is like what if someone comes to try to disrupt that peaceful protest like but you're inviting them almost with that gun yeah i mean we, we had a a, a poor um, kid killed here in Austin. Um, he had an AK, and a poor Uber driver got in the middle of a protest, and he's like, "Holy crap!" His his you know when he dropped, he had a drop off. Were you gonna say something, Mike? Yeah, I was gonna be like, "Monty, was this you?" I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I was totally waving it out a gun, waving a gun out the window with a blunt in my mouth, snorting coke. <laughs> a jaguar in the passenger seat. <laughs> Don't forget the hookers in the back. <laughs> I like how the Jaguar is in the front seat. <laughs> the hookers are the Jaguar always rides shotgun. <laughs> and he went to go do another pickup, and Uber like automatically routes the, the way to go. So he's following his little Uber route, and he turns and he's like, oh, man, I'm in the middle of a protest. He's a soldier from Fort Hood right here. And uh, he's concealed carrying in, in, in his Uber vehicle. And um, he gets stuck in the protest, and the protesters just swarm his car. And this, this, this kid that died, um, he's actually a really neat kid because you know, his, his girlfriend um, was black. He's there to support her. Um, she had a bunch of physical, physical impairment. Hmm? He fired first. Andy's on video talking shit. I know what he's talking about. He's going out, you know. He was he, right before he got his ass shot. He was like, you know, these people are a bunch of fucking pussies. They wouldn't fire back anyway. They're they're a bunch of pussies. Fuck all these motherfuckers. And he went out there and he fired first. There was uh, audio evidence because he could hear the different type of the gun, the rifle yeah. versus the pistol. Yeah, and he fired first, and uh, the other guy fired last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's another. And one you get what you deserve, but I mean at the same time, you know, hey, if it's done r- correctly, I th- I was I was totally wrong on where this uh, whole thing was going at first. Um, you know, I think that there is a a point to like having a protest in arms if you're protesting your individual rights as an American citizen when you think that the government's pushing too many out that's a very very strong and powerful um image to have firearms as citizens you know god you know that's the one thing that's fucking up everything for the new world order really well you know they go what about a guerrilla warfare in in america we haven't seen that yet Fuck, that could be really bad there's like uh, you know 
50 million gun owners and a trillion rounds of ammunition just sitting out there. Can we confiscate all of that? Well, I, I do yeah. think I do think that there was a that the the idea of guerrilla warfare was experienced a little more in the American Revolution. Um, but yeah, I. I look at the way that the media shat all over the dudes in Michigan that were protesting the lockdowns back in April. Yeah. And I mean, even before that, the uh, protests in Richmond, Virginia, yep. um, the governor got elected, said he was going to take guns away. And then there was, I don't remember the number, a huge, huge, huge protest in Richmond. I was there and uh, everyone was armed. And uh, yeah, single fatality, and everyone picked up all the trash afterwards. So, fuck y'all. Two different types, the visions of what this country should be, and it's never been more, uh, you know, opposed right now. And um, I would guess polar, polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and because man, I'm pissed off as fuck about some shit going on right now. You know, and um, and it's just almost to the point of like, well, what the fuck is the point of having a country if uh, we don't have fair elections and we don't have courts that will look at it and accept evidence and uh, do anything about it? They'll, you know, oh, send FBI agents me. to NASCAR to go look at a noose, but they won't send FBI agents down to uh, Atlanta, Fulton County to look at... <laughs> ask these fucking people questions about taking all these ballots out and stuff. I don't know. I'm going on a rant. I'm going to bring it back into, you know, where we're going back to here. But, you know, it happens while we, that's while we're here. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a one, uh, <laughs> wild ride of a weekend. I, I was thinking that we had recorded after the Supreme court had ruled on not doing shit. um so that's not a big surprise they they don't want to take this shit you know it's gonna have to be done a different way and i i don't know if it can happen or not but i think uh i think that there's pieces of the puzzle of things that have been dribbling out here lately especially with connections with china and other things and today it came out that the uh dominion voting machine in michigan they released the results of the forensic audit Oh, it was like 68% some uh, <laughs> yeah. ridiculous And the Attorney number. General of Michigan had put that on the results under a gag order. And it's, you know, it's like, what? why would you do that? This is our election, not the Michigan Attorney General's election, you know? Um, there's there's so many ways to prove this fraud. And it, yeah, 68% error rate. <laughs> 68%. And I'm still sitting here... There's the meme with the skeleton. Me waiting on one error to go in Trump's favor. You know, in this election. It's like if you have 100 ballots and 68 of them are fucked up. (laughs) You only got 32 left that are valuable. And and that's just one county. You want to tell, make me believe Joe Biden got 80 million votes, but he only got 4,000 views on C SPAN tonight? Whenever he's talking about winning the fucking electoral college, which he didn't, he won't. That's just coming back. I'm just, you know, fuck it all. I know China's behind this. Joe Biden's big on China. He's just 
sold out, blackmailed by China. But this could be a big, good, nice play by uh, Barack Obama, too, man, to get Joe Biden in there and just take him out, maybe set him up, you know? Totally set him up, him and his family. I don't think Obama ever liked Joe Biden. Be Obama saying be, the quiet part out loud. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but uh, yeah, that's a good, good little video clip. You ought to play that. Uh, you know, but uh, it's a, it's a trip, man. Here we it's, go. It's, what you know now? Do you wish like you had a, sec, a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what? If if I could make an arrangement where. Um, I had a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman. Or woman. They had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with that. What you know now, do you... Shut up! How are you going to uh-huh. say that? How are you going to admit that? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh-huh. He's, chest. He's behind all this shit, man. God, well, I, I do think he is the prodigy or prodigy of uh, 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 George Senior Satan himself. It makes me think that there's only really one party government that we're uh, under for the most part. Totally. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't want to get too sidetracked from the Joe Rogan stuff, but just to kind of bounce back on what malachi is saying there was a list of two million chinese uh influencers i think would probably be the nicest way to put it um they're, they're, they're communist party members uh, they're members of the communist party of China. were you able to find anywhere to read through the list yeah i think i shared the list i thought i put it on here well uh, i <laughs> look under politics probably put it there let's see uh but yeah this i i did i did see i did see that one but it was it was pretty big and the version of excel that i have didn't didn't like it too much there's Uh, just it's just a whole bunch of uh different chinese names it's like uh uh shang shuhanahan male han shanghai uh hangao district people's court I guess, I guess I was just curious if it showed like where they, if it had had them listed where they were uh, working out of. Um, it might. I mean, I scanned through and I was like, I can't, okay. It's, just, um, it's two million names. I, These are going to be people in high levels of uh, of industry and uh, government, and I'll bet you there's a lot of names. And I think this is a this is a Donald Trump move. You know, well, the, without. The, the reason I, I ask where they are, because I'm curious of how many of them are working at a university level, which then... Uh, tens kinda, of thousands. Well, to me, that kind of rolls into all the protests that we've seen this year and people affiliating with the ideal uh, ideology of Antifa and this like practicing the, you know, the insurgency light to the smallest degree for some of them, you know, some of these guys like they're improvising homemade IEDs and passing them out in fucking crowds and shit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that this could be a, uh, intentional, uh, thing for Trump. He has the executive order to, that uh, clearly states that if any if if there's proof of uh, foreign uh, uh, election 
meddling, we'll call it, just for the sake of words, uh, uh, that anybody involved with this and I can have all of their possessions confiscated by the treasury. And uh, I think this is a little hint right here. So when China gets, uh, China gets, they prove, hey, here it is. Here's the direct link to China rigging these machines and everybody who's got any type of shit going on with them is fucked. Universities and everybody else. It'd be a huge move. I'm a dreamer though. I'm a dreamer. I just like, please want to see some motherfucking shit go down. You know? Well, at the very most, all we can all we can realistically do is just intend on seeing the future that we want to see. Um, yeah. And I I'm I do agree with a lot of what Malachi is saying. The fact that, and I think of dudes like uh, Yuri in his talks on subterfuge and and uh, infiltration and everything. I, I just I. I'm really curious of how long has this been going on? This like, you know, slow underground sort of, uh, you know, cause you're not, you're not fighting warfare in battles and you're not having people in uniforms anymore. It's, it's people that look like civilians and, yeah. um, I, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it realistically is what i'm trying to say um one thing that uh he brought up uh with the taking things from people um with is uh red flag laws which have been getting passed in more states uh and a lot of them are super vague and it can be as uh not simple but um simply put as a family member or a neighbor of yours um, going to a court and saying that you don't seem stable and then they can temporarily confiscate uh, your firearms um, and that's with you doing nothing wrong uh, and before any kind of investigation yeah it's been tr they tried to argue the that you're that's being guilty until proven innocent yeah but you know now I I'm, matter. I'm, I have individual rights. I would be super curious. Um, does social media habits fall into the category of uh, being able to flag someone with a red flag? I'm sure. I'm sure it's, you know, anything they can do, even if you're just a shit poster. Right. God damn. Me and we going after shit posters. Yeah. I want to be a shit poster. Well, you are on behind the schemes, so. <laughs> We <laughs> that means a lot. Um, Here it coming from you. <laughs> um. Oh, speaking of shit posting, uh, well, we should do that when we get back from uh after our break. I want to go through the last little bit of this uh, Rogan interview, um, because he starts talking about counterinsurgency. I I need to get a better system going for saving clips of stuff. Impairments and she's in a wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's like a neat kid. You're know, like, not smart. He's open carrying at a protest, you know, and you're saying kind of some inflammatory things beforehand. But, like, I think his point and his purpose was really good and pure and like trying to do the right thing. Right. Um, but then he runs up yeah. to the side of a car and points a gun at an Uber driver that is scared and confused and gets shot. Yeah. Like, 
That's yeah. the recipe for disaster. I saw so many different versions of that story, too, where people had twisted the facts. People had said he was unarmed. People, the, the guy who got shot, yeah. he, people were saying that the guy who did it was a white supremacist who drove into the protest on yeah. purpose. There was so many And the video was edited where yeah. it looked like the guy was making a right-hand turn, and he, like, sped up because he was trying to get around a person. And they cut right there because it looks like the guy's speeding up to go into the crowd. But super, when you watch the whole video, it's really obvious what that poor kid was trying to do with the drive. And you want to talk about fucking fake news, man. Motherfuckers yeah. that sit and produce this sort of shit and promote it everywhere. Ever. Um, I saw a fascinating, um, this PhD on communication broke down from the initial release of the information of the story how it immediately started being um, distorted yeah for, for two different sides mm -hmm. like I'm going to leave out this detail I'm going to include this t detail and by the time you got you know the, the game telephone where you're like hey mm -hmm. um, here's this catchphrase and by the time it gets all the way around the room it doesn't sound like any semblance of what it did when it started when you got to the final version I'm super enraged at one version and I'm super enraged at another version but neither of them are true and like that, that's what every single issue is happening from defunding the police to Black Lives Matter to Antifa. It's like, can we just be reasonable and talk yeah. about what's really happening? And we have some real good examples of what the worst case scenarios are in this country right now. And one of them is Portland. Yeah. Like Portland is one of the best case scenarios of completely unreasonable ridiculous shit that's going on every single day yeah. 101 days of protest they got, that fucking mayor up there is the most progressive mayor in the country and they're like fuck you resign we're gonna burn Defund your house the down police. he had yeah. to move out because yeah. they're gonna burn his place down well they tried to burn down his lobby they were throwing fiery things into his lobby they were yeah. lighting fires in front of the street in front of his house having dance parties in front of his apartment building so i was just coming back from africa on an sfa mission um a security forces assistance uh, like a, we, the military, go to places that have insurgents and we try to legitimize the process of government. So in counterinsurgency, there's like all of these different missions from um, joint combined exercises for training to foreign internal defense to SFAs, security forces, um, assistance. And I'm over there doing a counterinsurgency mission and I'm coming back and I'm seeing the same kind of horrible dangerous recipe in portland you know the, the the same types of organization and structure and and it's an insurgency is a charged idea that you know an insurgency as the dod defines it is a an organized group trying to delegitimize or overthrow a constitutional government like that's how the dod defines it and I think if you went to almost anyone in Portland, they're like, what are you trying to do right now? Like, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what they they're, believe. They're open about it. Yeah. Which is, all right. And that creates a really hard, um, how do you combat that? Because you have to combat the grievances and the ideas. You have to, and as, as dangerous as it is, those ideas are like a cancer because when the truth and information is being uh, adjusted, just like we talked about with the shooting here in Austin, where we have two different versions and some people are in the echo chamber of only hearing one side of it. It just 
keeps radicalizing more and more and catching more momentum. And then the reason that they're there is is so convoluted with, you know, if you're, are, are you there for Black Lives Matter? Or are you there, um, to, you know, to, to fight systemic racism? Are you here to, like, what are you protesting about? Like, I think you'd get a lot of different answers. Yeah. That- uh, I'm going to stop it there because uh, I was, felt like a good, uh, good breaking point for it. Um, yeah, and, like, not to mention how much traveling that these motherfuckers do. And there was guys that had gotten arrested in Portland, getting arrested in um, uh, Kenosha. Kenosha, yep. Yeah. Um, and you know, the talk few hours for me. Talk about talk about the way that the media spins, you know, stories and things of that. Like that, you never heard any reporting on the people that were murdered in Chaz, or the people that had gotten hurt in Portland. But uh, realistically, uh, Rittinghouse commits self-defense and he's lambasted across the fucking media as like the next, you know, whatever, you know, you can just throw a dart and you'll find a name of some category that they're trying to label him in. Um, and Rittinghouse is not doing any, and I don't, you know what? No, I'm, I'm kind of, um, done hearing other folks' opinions about it just because, and <laughs> that sounds more harsh than I really intended to to be. But that uh, Rittinghouse was, in my opinion, operating under the same legal protections that everyone else has been doing at these fucking protests. So why is he all of a sudden any different from you know any number of the of, of I'm not even sure how to phrase what I'm or say what I'm trying to what, what I mean. Um, I, I don't I don't think Rittenhouse did anything wrong. I, I think uh, if anything, him opening open carrying a rifle just antagonized people, and it triggered them. And uh, what's his nuts? Fucking died loving what he did. Uh, died doing what he loved to do, which is chasing children. Um, yeah. <laughs> you um, know. Uh, well, I also think savage. it's a little bit different um, with him because as opposed to just like showing up to a protest with a gun um, or showing up to a protest uh, openly carrying a gun, uh, it was him and a group of people, uh, from my understanding, uh, defending this gas station um, in some capacity. So having visible firearms and stuff was uh, more of just like a, a deterrent. It was like a show of you force know, of like, in the, don't mess with this uh, one the, place. Exactly. In the uh, L.A. riots in the uh, 90s, oh, the, Koreans? the Koreans were not uh, considered to be Korean supremacist when they defended <laughs> their businesses with guns. Okay. You know, and it worked. And they were kind of praised. Man, it's yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, rooftop Koreans. Yeah. I was like, those dudes are badass, man. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look it up, man. They're great pictures. Oh, Jeebus. And I think they were the only neighborhood that didn't have uh, damage done to it in those riots. Yeah. They ran in there and then went pew pew. And they were like, fuck this shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and kind of going back to Rittenhouse, I mean, there is video of him chasing down a dumpster that they had fucking lit on fire and were pushing towards the gas station. So I, I, I think that that point of he was there for a purpose of, you know, trying to protect um, and aid. I mean, he, he was decked out with uh, first aid gear, I, I think, if I remember correctly, too. Yeah, yeah he had a bag full of first aid stuff. Um, so he was definitely there with, uh, I'd say, um, uh, not reasonable cause, but yeah, no, he did have a reasonable cause to be there. I think so. I think one of the big problems that we have going on in all these situations is that we've got corrupt DAs, district attorneys in that rule these areas, man. And they don't prosecute certain crimes and then, you know, come with a first degree murder charge for a written house on another one you know they're they're politically motivated charges yeah. they're not they're not um unbiased you know and they're it's just like the the woman the mccloskey's in, in st louis i believe it was that you know the D, uh, district attorney there had to be removed because she was fundraising off of the shit and they came in to hit their property. They broke the fences down and, you know, oh, is that that older you know? couple? Yeah. Yeah. They have the great means with them standing there holding yeah. the guns all stupid. You know, you know, I did hear something interesting about that, that the McClowski's had disabled the handgun. Uh, so yeah. do you know anything about this? Yeah. So, um, apparently, uh, the, the wife, the female, Miss um, McClowski or whatever their name is, um, used that handgun in court uh, for some kind of prop, essentially. Uh, so it was deactivated. Um, but, I mean, she's still brandishing for what everyone else knows is a legitimate firearm, and she's still pointing it at people. So, But they, are ch- they charged her with tampering with evidence because it didn't work when they turned when it was turned into evidence Did you yeah, hear that this whole yeah like it's also just weird like why would you not mention that initially you know what i mean like if you knew it didn't work and you're a lawyer and like whatever when they confiscate yeah. that firearm why aren't you like hey by the way this doesn't actually work I guess I was under the assumption or the understanding that they, uh, that the DA's office had, um, uh, like re- I think it was something to do with the firing pin that they reinstalled the firing pin so they could get it to work. And uh, oh, I guess for ballistics. Yeah, I, I guess they. Um, I guess my understanding is that they were just that they tried to hide that they that the gun didn't work and then essentially reassembled it so that it would work so that they could continue with, you know, the, the brandishing the firearm into a, a crowd. Gotcha. Uh, I could be wrong, but then again, this is a conspiracy, uh, conspiracy show. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, how would you gentlemen feel about taking a quick, uh, five, 10 minute break here and then we can reconvene and, um, we can talk about some, uh, quick, exciting stuff. That's, uh, that's happened over the, the past weekend. Some actually good, exciting stuff and not infiltr- infiltration of 2 million that's CCP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. That's cool. Cool. All right. 
Excellent. Um, Cody, you can either uh, leave your leave the clean feed open. Um, I'll, I'm going to leave all the recording stuff going, or you can jump back in. Uh, I can text you when we're when we're all back. It's up to you. No, I'll leave it open. It's it's way easier. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, we'll be back here after a second. Now let's say you kill two of them. Now, how many insurgents do you have left? Hmm? Hmm? Well, you, you'd say eight, of course. Eight, right? Right? Wrong. In this scenario, 10 minus two equals 20. Hmm. Let's say the two insurgents you just killed uh, each had uh, six friends or brothers or some such who are hovering on the brink of, of joining the insurgency. They're thinking about this insurgency thing. Looks interesting, but, you know, uh, for one reason or other, uh, not for me. But, so, then you go and kill their friend. Now, you just made up their minds for them. Those hovering friends are now full, paid-up members of the enemy. And so, in the math of counterinsurgency, 10 minus 2 equals 20. That was uh, Brad Pitt from the movie War Machine, which I, I watched most of it last night. Um, I was kind of having trouble following along at some time, so I, I think it's going to require another watch through. But uh, essentially, it's, it's about uh, Glenn McMahon... Uh, McCone, McCann, McMahon, McMahon, I think, um, uh, general during the war in Afghanistan. And this particular scene, they're talking about how, uh, when you're, uh, fighting these insurgency groups and, you know, family members inevitably end up dying, that it just incentivizes and radicalizes people even further. So it's not so much about trying to, win totality on the battlefield by just having the, the higher body count from the enemy, but it's about winning over the hearts and souls of people or hearts and minds. I think is the uh, proper phrase for it. Information war. Yeah. The same place you shoot them. <laughs> um, now this is uh this is an interesting point. I'd like to get your take on Cody. When people say that, you don't need any firearms because if you try to uh, revolt or rebel or take arms against the government, they've got bigger and better guns and there's nothing that you can do to stop them. Can you tell us why that's a fallacy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I feel like your clip kind of said a lot about that, but yeah, I mean the, the two big ones, that you would think of as Vietnam and Afghanistan um, and how it, this is farmers, regular people, um, not trained fighters by any means um, are using small arms such as, you know, rifles and pistols and uh, things of that nature to really hold off um, the, the best, you know, militaries in the world, including the Russians right before <clears throat> we went to Afghanistan. Um, and obviously a lot of that also has to do with backing from uh, 
other governments, but it's the people on the ground are doing it with small arms. Um, they don't have drones, they don't have satellites, they don't have an air force of any kind for most part. Um, it's ingenuity and it's determination. Um, and it's the same exact thing of uh, the U.S. being born out of a, a colony. Right. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely an argument that I that I've never really been able to wrap my head around because of things like Vietnam, Afghanistan, the Revolutionary War. Because at the time, I'm, that was America taking on the biggest army of yeah. the fucking globe. I mean, it, it was the British Empire, not British country, British Empire. Yeah. Well, I guess it was a country, but um, <laughs> it's besides the point. Um, yeah, no, once... I don't know, trying to force people in what I've seen through history, it doesn't work. Like, it will work, but eventually something's going to tip, and it doesn't matter if they have rocks and Molotov cocktails and slam-fire shotguns, um, they're going to fight back. I will say, um, uh, was yep. it the Troubles um, in North Ireland are kind of a interesting thing to look at that where it kind of didn't work but kind of did I'm completely unfamiliar with this uh I didn't write anything about the Catholics and the Protestants right yeah and there's there's a lot of smuggling arms in and um, a lot of really cool pictures came out of it but uh uh, look it up because I don't want to say you know, something that's not accurate. That's okay. We, you know, you can say all all you want that's not accurate on here, and we'll accept it as fact. <laughs> oh, oh, perfect. We are, in fact, true deniers. You're our guest. <laughs> yeah. That means I get to make up the new truth. Sweet. Sure, man. Go for it. You got the floor. Yeah, that shit. Uh, yeah, no, insurgency is weird. Um, it's also interesting to me, uh, looking at, uh, movies in particular, uh, Red Dawn and how everyone's like cheering it on because it's the Americans fighting back, but it's exactly what happened in all these other countries against us, you know? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And you know, there's a lot of Americans like myself that was, uh, you know not been a big fan of all this stuff for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and it's funny that we have a president in the, right now This, you know, all the other presidents before have always said, yes, I'm going to get us out of, in these war, foreign wars and foreign entanglements. They all say the same fucking thing, but it gets bigger. Yeah. After they leave. And this is the first one that's actually doing anything for peace. Um, but he's a, uh, I think, it, what's the word? Racist? Yeah. <laughs> well, the global war on terror is also, I believe, uh, the first war that the U.S. has been in where uh, we have soldiers fighting in it who weren't born uh, when it started. Yeah, and it's never been declared. Well, yeah. 
because yeah. you're you're warring on an idea. It's a it's probably it's probably just as effective as the war on drugs. If yeah. I, if I was a betting man, which was a it's, huge failure. <laughs> well, we we read 1984 recently, or some of us did, and um, uh, and, it, and the whole point of you know it's like they've got always got to be at war. Yeah. You know, with with an enemy, it has to be an enemy. Um, Doesn't matter who. Uh, uh, part of the um, like, you know, not having the same armament as a government you're going up against, um, also goes into other items, not just firearms. Uh, at least for me, whether it's you know nylon gear or armor or night vision devices, um, IR lasers and illuminators that go along with that, um, vehicles, things like radios. Um, and obviously it's not as overt as uh, firearms, but there are a significant number of legal uh, decisions that have been made um, which which limit civilian ownership of those things as well. Um, one of the more interesting ones to me is um, IR infrared lasers and illuminators, um, which you obviously can't see unless you have night vision uh, device or something else. I can see an IR spectrum, um, but the FDA regulates uh, lasers for civilian ownership. There's like civilian class lasers and full power. And it's actually the FDA that's enforcing that. It's weird. The Food and Drug Administration? Yeah. Is given the rules on lasers. Yeah. Oh, All right. I don't know. Laser, Laser drugs. <laughs> uh, but the, the thing with those lasers is you can own them as a civilian. Um, those companies just aren't allowed to sell them to you. So you, you can find full power um, lasers and stuff on, um, you know, just the surplus market type of deal. Um, I thought you were going to say the dark web. Yeah, it's so scary. I thought you were um, going to say loot crates. <laughs> <laughs> no, just get on Instagram and look for a full powered cat toy. <laughs> and, uh, you can find a bunch of them, but yeah, it's 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 another one of those things where like they didn't make it illegal, but they make it really hard for you to own it. Now, do you think we're going to see any real sort of uh, gun buyback plan implemented? Is, is that the is that the route you think things are going to go, or is I think. I think it's the goal, but I don't think it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's going to be a progressively, you know, this happens and this happens and this happens. It's not going to be a Biden comes out in a speech and says, hey, we're taking all your guns tomorrow. You know, clean them up for us. All right, I, think, <laughs> so like, I think you meant to say uh, President Harris. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant after Biden. Just, croaks. you know. Um, but, yeah. Uh, it and I mentioned armor. Um, 
it's you can look it up there's a bunch of different cities and states that have continually tried to ban armor for civilians to own and it it makes no sense to me like it's completely passive uh the only way you're going to hurt people with armor is if you're beating them with it and, you know like i don't know well, the the one story that kind of comes into my mind, if I was going to be devil's advocate, uh, is the bank robbery out of Los yeah, Angeles. The North Hollywood shootout. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure, but you, you also have vehicles killing people. Right. You know, like, everything has uh, a risk-reward type of thing, and uh, everything has negative things you can do with it. Um, I mean, obviously, it didn't get them too far. They didn't even kill anyone, right? <laughs> or get away with the money. So. The dude took like fifteen shots to the legs, or some crazy number, or it one was, of them yeah, at least. They, yeah, they had like modified a bunch of soft armor, um, like Kevlar armor, into mostly full body suits, and then took a bunch of drugs. So even the rounds that were hitting them and, you know, breaking their ribs and all that stuff they weren't feeling. Jeebus. <laughs> Captain yeah. America ain't got shit on these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're... And that's the other thing, like, yeah, it's gonna stop around or shrapnel or whatever, but that energy is still hitting you. It's right. It's dispersed. <laughs> it's just like taking a fucking sledgehammer to the gut. Yeah, like, you're not just chilling after that like in the movies <laughs> wait 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 is that what you is that what is that what the biggest is that what this episode's conspiracy is going to be about the guns aren't like they are in the movies oh my god suppressors <laughs> huh <laughs> fucking john wick walking through a crowded room shooting yeah okay. <laughs> yeah i wish my hearing wouldn't be as damaged as it would as it is right now <laughs> Oh my god. Uh there was one there was one thing that you just said that oh god, it's slipping. Um, uh, oh the hospital. now the the, the North uh, that's what I wanted to ask. The North Hollywood shootout is what yeah. precipitated the assault weapon ban, right? Um it was in there. Uh, I don't remember the dates, the exact dates on it. Um but the assault weapons ban uh was passed in 1994. Okay. Um, and it elapsed in 2004, thankfully. Uh, and a big part of that that was also really dumb, other than the magazine thing and whatever, is uh, is it banned imports that couldn't be, like, like they had to justify that it had a legitimate sporting purpose, um, which means nothing. Um, but uh, it, it basically banned a whole bunch of imported rifles um while at the same time if they were made in the u.s you could still get them you know what i mean like yeah it wasn't protecting and then it was uh random features like a pistol grip or a folding or collapsible stock or a flash hider um which it's not changing anything about the gun it's still the same operating mechanism like it's but they're just accessories no. at that point. Yeah. Shall not 
be infringed. Well, you know, they meant to mean it can be kind <laughs> of infringed, you know. Well, they didn't say you don't need, why do you need anything? Was that? Sorry. They, they didn't say firearms accessories couldn't be infringed, just the guns. Right. And obviously right. they were only talking about smoothbore muskets, okay? So yeah, they would be they would be cool with them taking away the rod that packs the ball and powder out of the yeah. gun. Every, they, everybody <laughs> would be cool with that back then. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also the uh, I can't remember the name of the gun, but it was it's basically a Gatling gun that, uh, that was invented 20 years before the Declaration of Independence was signed. Um, for all those people that want to talk about, well, they couldn't foresee it coming. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of offensive. Uh, sorry, you go ahead, Mike. Well, I'm just. It, I think what you said is perfect. It's offensive to think that these people were that dumb. You know, they couldn't see what's going on. That they were, you know, over here doing all the work, making a life for themselves. You know, which wasn't easy. They had nothing. They were all in, you know, from the beginning in abject poverty or worse, you know, and and then have some fucking dick come over on a boat and go, we're taking this back to the king or the queen, you know. That would have been king. Yeah, it was king then, wasn't it? Whatever. <laughs> no, Fuck Queen Elizabeth was not alive then. <laughs> you know. And they also, you know, there wasn't the most peaceful times with the natives in the land either, you know. Yeah, there's a there's one gun, a uh, flintlock that I remember. Uh, I don't, I've never seen it in person. I've seen pictures of it, but it had like six barrels that would rotate on. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know which yeah. one I'm talking about. Yeah, I've seen that. So you would just have to prime the flash pan every time you rotated the barrel. It would be, I mean, the thing was massive. <laughs> I'm sure it weighed a fuck ton because um, they didn't have any like composite alloys at the time or any. Well, I shouldn't say it like that, but from my understanding, most muskets, uh, it was a steel barrel. Yeah, and and most of the men back then weren't total flaming fucking pussies. I mean, I've never met anyone from back then, but you're probably right. <laughs> just, just what I read. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and then also just like the advancements in um, printing technology um, in the founding fathers and other people um, who contributed to the birth of America, like the the advancements in that technology alone um, for them to see that and help that uh, you're a fucking idiot if you don't think other technologies would advance yep that's that's why I chose the word offensive <laughs> yeah um, I mean they even made a fucking commercial now that I think about it there was the they tried to do like a postal scene right and the disgruntled fucking office worker comes in dressed in, in 18th century garb and he's got a musket and he's trying to shoot up the office oh my god <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's funny. Yeah, holy shit. Let me see if I can try and remember where this is. 
<laughs> See, you can't do it. You know. Well, uh, there's some sheriff's department. I think it was in California. Um, uh, I don't remember which state it was. I think it was California. Uh, and they did this little video series, and it was uh, to test the theory of basically you want a, a smaller capacity magazine because they have to reload, and when they reload, it'll give you time to engage the shooter and you know, stop them or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, they did uh, this test, and it was they had a couple people. One of them was a deputy, I think, and the other one was just like some friend that they had that wasn't very competent with firearms. And uh, they did a bunch of tests where it was uh, two thirty-round magazines, uh, whatever, uh, ten-round magazines. They had revolvers, they had handguns, rifles, all kinds of stuff, and. Uh, for even the novice guy to realize you ran out of ammunition, reload, and then get another shot off, uh, you don't have the reaction time to also re to, to see that he's out of ammo and then charge him and get to him before he can fire the round. So it, it doesn't matter if they have a small capacity magazine. Yeah, I could see you getting suckered out of your uh, your cover. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, he's reloading. I'm going to come out. Pow. Yeah. might not be the best thing to, to do either but yeah yeah or you can... you're stressed and you think he's reloading and he's really just looking for another target yep it's a gun fight <laughs> yeah bring a gun well uh uh cody i found the commercial i'll send this to you after the after the dealio um but i found that commercial i was talking about i'm gonna play it for us real quick Excuse me. Hey! Hey! If you want to just add those in, and send them all over. What's that? How'd he miss that guy? He's right there. Yeah. <laughs> in the video, he tries to, shoot, tries to shoot him at like eight feet. This is a. Uh, Oh shit! Stop! I gotta get better at that. This is the states united to prevent gun violence. Get involved at supgv.org. Uh, the all, all of y'all. Uh, April fifteenth, twenty thirteen. Mhm. Mm Whatever. Not interested in getting involved with people like you. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I know they make jokes about muskets being highly inaccurate and to a big degree that is that is true but the more you fire the more black powder gets uh, coated inside of the barrel and it actually kind of starts to like squeeze or it tightens the diameter or it it shortens the the oh my god it makes the bore smaller yes yeah so the more you shoot, the you'll see like a small cre increase in accuracy, which I always thought was kind of interesting. Um, with the comment you made about it being a gunfight, um, yeah, like if I'm going to fight you, I don't want it to be equal. Like I want everything to be in my favor that can be. Like I don't understand why you would go into a fight without that, so... 
if I know you're bringing a knife, I'm gonna bring the next thing up. You know. Ding ding ding. And that's why the government wants to limit the civilians. Ban katanas now. It's the whole point. It's like, well, why do you need, uh, you know, a 50 round magazine to go deer hunting? It's like, because I want to kill 50 fucking deer. Yeah. You know? And not reload. There well, you go. And also because it has nothing to do with hunting. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, I got, I got a lot of government deer coming after me. Yeah. Birds uh, <laughs> They need to be cold. <laughs> Why do you need 30 rounds in a magazine? Because I'm a bad shot, all right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Not good at this. Not good at this. And in high tent situations, it's super fucking easy to send everything you have in your magazine down. Well, yeah. let's let's assume for this argument that everyone's being super safe and, and conscious and we're at a gun range. Like, it takes no time to fire 10 shots down, you know? Yeah. Um, going through some of the training that I had to go through, we watched uh, a lot of different videos, and uh, a bunch of them were police officers uh, who fired their uh, weapon in the line of duty and basically panicked. And so they pulled their gun, decided they needed to shoot, and then just pulled the trigger until it was empty. Um, like, the first... Uh, one in particular that I'm thinking of the first like two shots hit the person they went down were on the ground like a sack of potatoes and then the officer just kept firing at the same exact point on the wall um, because he was panicked he was like you know in the black he was scared and like you know you can go through that if you don't have training and that's why training is important yes indubitably training is important Mm -hmm. Not just for firearm safety, but for all no, things but, in life. Yeah, if you're going to do something that's not, you know, using a stapler, you should probably have training. Man, I've, you know, I've played guitar my whole life, you know, but the past kind of couple of years, I haven't really been hitting it, and I just picked up the acoustic again. I'm trying to play just the old songs I used to play, and it's like, what the fuck? Goes quick, man. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm trying to almost relearn the guitar again. <laughs> yeah. Took it took it for granted a little bit, I think. It's okay. I got faith in you. I got faith in you, booby. It's all right. All my songs are very simple. Three chord uh, stupid songs that are about farts or something like that. Hey, I, I always really dug that Holy Water song. That, that's some that's some high end shit there. Appreciate it. Hell yeah. Um, and I gotta go in like a couple minutes, but um, I I just want to throw these out because I wrote them down. Um, some numbers from this year. Uh, as of and this is as much as I could get from multiple sources as I could. Uh, as of October. Of 2020, there have been 17.2 million background checks uh, for firearms through the FBI, uh, wow. and that's 17.2 million compared to uh, in 2019. There was a total of 15.7, and uh, 1.7 million in October alone, which is a 60% jump from 
the same time last year. And there are over 5 million new gun owners uh, in America in 2020. Holy shit, no wonder ammo is kind of scarce. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy. It's There's 5 million new gun owners. Damn right. Uh, an armed society is a polite society. You said the the overall number was seventeen million. That was just for background checks, right? That that doesn't guarantee everyone's uh, was approved. Yeah. yeah. So as of October, it was seventeen point two million background checks. Okay. Um, which doesn't mean seventeen point two million sales, uh, because people can be denied, obviously. Um, but also, you can put multiple firearms on a background check. Gotcha. So. Uh, I don't know. I usually take it pretty face value. It kind of evens out, uh, I would assume, between people buying multiple firearms on one background check and people getting denied. Gotcha. Interesting. Do you have to get a background check every time you buy a gun? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's online and even if it's at a gun show, they're doing background checks. But that's Um, not what the media said. Shall not be infringed. Even, uh, or the only time you're really getting a firearm and it's there's not a background check is if it's a private sale and that's not even every state a lot of states i know like washington and illinois um you still have to get a background check even for a private sale so you're not you know getting a gun from your dad without doing a background check now jesus well that's an illegal transfer and now you're a felon (laughs) Good job, asshole. <laughs> well, holy fuck, that was funny. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't even know you were a felon, bruh? What do you mean you put a vertical grip on that and now it's an AOW and you're a felon for 10 years? Jesus Christ. Yeah, because of a law you didn't exist. <laughs> Mad about it, but I do gotta go. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. That was a that was a really fun and thoughtful and uh, definitely informative conversation. And uh, we definitely love to have you back. Absolutely, guys. Man, that was that was good talking. I'm always down to come back. Sorry I uh, talk so much, but you know. No, we love it. Oh, a pleasure having you on. Sweet. Well, Thanks cool. so much. That was the awkward part. All right, bye. <laughs> no, you hang up. <laughs> God, is he gone yet? <laughs> yeah, Linger. that fucking guy. Linger. <laughs> oh, that was super fun. I, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that worked out. That was uh, that was some good times. Um, yeah, his he. I think he's definitely uh, he's got some major valid points with the ATF and everything, and you know, just another fucking government body with over overreach, uh, over over uh, too much oversight and overreach on on too many things. Um, it's just about power. Just give it up. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, I how much uh, how much longer do you guys got? Do you want to putz around here for? A little little while longer? About 30 more minutes. 30 more minutes, Monty? Oh, cool. Um, so I, I know we got some 
uh, there's never there's a never ending stream of COVID shenanigans. Um, there was one video here I wanted to play real quick from an article Malachi had sent. Uh, I haven't watched this yet, so we'll see what he says here. If I could, you know, turn the volume up on him, it's going to be great. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Folks, I'm actually encouraging news on the coronavirus front uh, today. Federal data indicate that in spite of dire media reports from the last few weeks, the United States is actually managing the outbreak fairly well as far as hospital capacity goes. Now, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, hospital capacity has been one of the chief concerns of the pandemic since it came here. Officials have been worried consistently that an influx of coronavirus patients in any one region may overwhelm local medical systems to the point that hospitals are put under significant strain and have extreme difficulty managing patients. Uh, federal data collected by the Department of Health and Human Services and submitted by states, however, indicate that in, for the most part, states are doing quite well. They have ample capacity to handle the current surge and uh, perhaps even an increase in surges. And we actually spoke to one hospital official with a large chain on the West Coast, and she told just the news that they are managing to handle the current spike uh, rather creatively. They're having to uh, send around some patients, uh, cancel some surgeries, but overall, uh, like the rest of the U.S., they are handling it fairly well. This is Daniel Payne with Just the News. You know, how many people are going back for elective surge surgeries right now or, you know, have put off stuff for so long because they're scared to go to the hospitals and it's put them off in a worse position. So now they they really have to go because it is a dire situation, you know, wh whatever it may be that they're in. Um, yeah, I just I haven't. And, and like the other thing, too, is it's not like the covid ICU beds uh are 100% of the hospital's total capacity you know it's it's from what i've seen in a lot of places it's like 30% sometimes so out of 100 beds 30 of them are for fucking coronavirus patients yeah and 70% of them are full so 70% of 30 yeah i don't know i'm yeah, I, I mean, there's there's other uh, COVID stuff here. There was a uh, there was a, a long planned pandemic exhibit that was supposed to open in uh, in Denmark of May, or excuse me, of March of 2020 uh, in the Netherlands, um, dedicated to the medical science research and innovation. The exhibit this doctor was working on was Besmet, uh, otherwise known as Contagious. Uh, it was an immersive experience of a ruled world by a contagion. The curator brought in the objects she thought visualized the scary, sobering truth of managing infection. Visitors would be able to stare into the goggles of a uh, of a PPE suit used during the 2014 West African Ebola epidemic. Gas masks would teach them about airborne pollutants. The doctor even rustled up a 14th century style plague mass replica stuffed with historically accurate herbs or herbs, excuse me. So all ages could dress as a doctor treating the black death. Um, hmm. Just a, little, a quick little fun story. Uh, they got pictures in the article. Bring out the dead. I'm not dead yet. That's uh, it. Um, 
Uh, and then there was the, you'd said this one too, Los Angeles Surge Hospital that treated COVID-19 patients now appears to be site of a full-scale Hollywood production. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened here? I don't know. What movie are they filming? A movie about COVID? Yeah, well, I was going to say, well, they fucking they t- turned the cameras around. They realized the production crew's been there all fucking year long. Maybe, maybe the news is about to show up and they need some crisis actors to be in the beds and be like, oh, I've got COVID, man. Wait, I wonder if this is the... No, this is not the same. Because there was the woman that was pissed off, rightfully so, because her business had been shut down, her restaurant, but then... Not the same story. Gotcha. But it's the same area. Silly me. I I, I get them confused, you know? (laughs) L.A., Hollywood. They probably only got one, one film going on right now. Um... The parking lot of the former St. Vincent Medical Center is currently filled with trailers typically used by movie studios and television production companies for on-shoot locations or on-location shoots. A uh, truck from a company called Sinelis, which describes itself as a market leader in lighting and grip equipment rentals, sits nearby. Tents cover outdoor dining areas and line of cooks who are busy preparing food. Uh, yeah, whoa, they say... There's filming happening at St. Vincent Hospital, a.k.a. the abandoned hospital that was reopened for 39 days. Jesus. I it's just, an abandoned hospital? That's what it says in the, the tweet by, uh, I guess she's one of the reporters here. Um, yeah, so they opened it up for 39 days. But then again, like this is not something that uh, wasn't there a bunch of doctors and nurses that were raising a, a rightfully so a big stink because they weren't getting paid because the hospitals didn't have any income coming in? Uh, right. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, how much more of this shit needs to happen before? And we're still, you know, we're almost to the uh, to the end of twenty twenty, and when the overall death rate doesn't doesn't represent it huh it doesn't add up well it doesn't An extra 300,000 people dead oh wait less people died this year than last year the one projection i saw saw that there was going to be a thousand less people dying yeah so it's you know i I don't want bullshit. this to become <laughs> bullshit. I don't want this to become the COVID nineteen eighty four podcast. Um, so I was a little not reluctant, but I just the it wasn't necessarily on my radar sphere for pulling pulling stuff. Um, they got the vaccines rolling out today. We'll see how much of everybody gets Bell's palsy. I suppose. Yeah, Guillaume Barre. Um, I know Philip DeFranco is like he's almost foaming at the mouth trying to get that vaccine. He wants it. Who? Who? Phil DeFranco. Who's that? YouTube news guy. Uh, He's probably one of the last few uh, liberal news personalities that I'll still watch. But even him, there's there's still things about. Uh, just the way he approaches certain stories, I just 
I'm 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 quickly losing interest in them. You should try Internet Today. I like them a little bit better. Okay. Um, they're Good old Ricky and Elliot. That's their names. Um, there's three more that I wanted to finish off here. Unless you guys had any more uh, <laughs> quote-unquote real-world conspiracies. I know that we briefly touched on the two million... Uh, two million names from the CCP. I, I, I realistically, I don't even know what to make of that. Like, you know, if these are people that have in fact uh, disseminated and infiltrated, like this is could potentially be quite a huge story, mixed in with the solar uh, solar watch, solar flare, whatever hack that was today. Mm-hmm. They just got raided. Um. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to. We'll have to see. Really, I mean, I, it, could this be a uh, you know Trump administration drip of little droplets leaked out of information? Drip. Hey man, I had this executive order a while back. Drip. Hey man, and that order. Well, that was that was originally like a, a George Junior. EO, right? No, this is uh, 2018. Gotcha. I posted I, I... the executive order. On here somewhere, uh, on our Discord. Anywho, <clears throat> uh, you know, and it goes into it's about he declared it a national emergency, right? So, um, which gives him quite a bit of power to the, you know, executive branch and all that in a in a national emergency. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I think uh, little little droplets of like, hey, y'all need to watch out. I don't think you've been paying attention to this executive order. And here's a bunch of uh, Communist Party members. <clears throat> and we're going to have proof that this, uh, the country where these co- Communist Party members are a part of, were directly involved with rigging and fucking up this entire election. And, um, that's almost a, it's almost called a war, man. You know, I almost want to get some canned goods. <laughs> get yeah. ready, man. Some shit's about oh. to go down. I'm telling you. It's got some just, big shit. Just don't let you know? A&E know. They'll come make a fucking Preppers TV series yeah. off your ass. You've got the mainstream media that's just like, Joe Biden, is. it's all official. It's done. He won. It is done, and it's like no. Well, it's what's not. what's forty days, forty five days, excuse me, after November fourth? It's that's the when the um, director of national intelligence is supposed to. That's his deadline to give a report on that. So that's just that'll be the end of this week or sooner. I believe he'll have to give a report about foreign election meddling in our uh, elections. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think that's going to get real interesting because I think there's a timing, specific timing of things that are happening. Yeah, it's too coincidental, you know. And now you got the, you know the machines. Why did the attorney general of Michigan put a gag order on the results of the Dominion machines? And why did Bill Barr get let go today? 
Man, he hadn't done shit. I, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I had, I was fooled, man. He had me fooled. Anyway, yeah, he's he's definitely got old... some. Uh, 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 <laughs> I feel like we can come up with a better term for the deep state, but uh, he's he's got some he's got some friends, you know. I, I think he's I think he's I think he was protecting the the just, just Department of Justice. And the FBI, you know, by like, he know, probably knows that there's corruption there, and it's just like, hmm. we'll see. It might be too, it might be too much, you know, might be too much for anyone to overcome, you know. But I think uh, I do stand by my prediction that Joe Biden was set up to be the presidential candidate, and Barack Obama picked. Kamala Harris to be the runner mate, and they're going to totally sacrifice the entire Biden family. Hmm. They're Maybe. going down. Uh, yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like I said, I like I've said before on this show, I would be highly surprised if 2020 stopped all of a sudden being the year that you know stopped giving. Or excuse me, I should say now I'm getting good. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, the good shit's gonna come. Um. Well, there's a. I'd like to end on kind of like a weird, more out there theme, and I got two stories that come to mind. Uh, this is one I definitely wanted to touch on last week. <clears throat> San Francisco sound engineer accidentally dosed with LSD while cleaning 1960s radio equipment. <laughs> and this is uh this is from may 24 2019 the synthesizer elliot curtis was cleaning was quite popular in the 1960s when lsd friendly musicians were looking for new sounds unbeknownst to him they left a few remnants behind when the great wave of the 1960s optimism finally broke and hippie dumb gave way to vietnam and richard nixon the end of an era had never been clear. Nonetheless, counterculture remnants are still alive and as and well as a radio operator found out after getting dosed with 50-year-old LSD. <laughs> Do- I, you know, I was just, I read this story and was thinking, did that shit like evaporate or, you know? Apparently, something? apparently it crystallized. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess that was my understanding of it, but... What did he do to ingest it, does it say? Well, uh, according to Daily Mail, KPIX Channel 5 Broadcast Operations Manager Elliot Curtis was merely trying to fix an old synthesizer when, synthesizer when he found he found in a cold, dark closet in San Francisco, Cal State University, East Bay, when he started feeling different. There had been, uh, been rumors that 1960s radio operators would dip their fingers in the liquid LSD and touch their devices for inspiration. But this had been just that rumors. That is until Curtis started to tinker with the uh, Buchla model 100 literally covered in the drug. After he removed a module to clean a crust or a crystalline residue that had bothered him. uh, However, the substance seemed to dissolve in his hand and began to alter his perspective. It was, 
It felt like I was tripping on LSD, said Curtis, who began noticing a weird tingling sensation 45 minutes later. Little little did Curtis know that the damp, lightless conditions had provided the perfect environment for the lysergic acid to retain its potency even a half century later. He tripped for nine hours straight. God. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess uh, you can still absorb acid through your skin, your skin pores. Um, I remember an episode of A Thousand Ways to Die. There was a guy that had put on his shirt. Uh, he was trying to smuggle LSD through the airport, so he took his shirt and soaked it in it. And he had went through airport security, but just started freaking out and getting super stressed out. He started to sweat, which started to cause the acid to fucking absorb into his uh, into his his skin. And he, he ended up freaking out, and uh, 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 I think he had a heart attack after it was all said and done. I think he was sat in the corner and said, "I'm an orange." Don't feel me. Don't feel me. <laughs> Reminds me of that Bill Hicks acid joke. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a pretty fun little uh, happy story. You know, I don't know. I don't. I feel kind of bad that this guy accidentally tripped for nine hours straight. But then again, he got well, to try obviously something. He's tripped before. <laughs> um, he's a synthesizer player. It's pretty cool that you got to try some acid from the 60s, though. That's kind of cool. Um, God. Uh, and then the, the last thing that I was uh, curious, um, Cody had brought this up earlier. It was in a meme that he had shared with me. But I hadn't really heard of the guy before, and I kind of wish I'd remembered this while he was still here. But hopefully he'll come back to check this episode out so he, he can uh, catch it at the end. Are y'all familiar with a dude named John Titor? T-I-T-O-R? Titor? Titor? No. Titor? I'm familiar. I'm familiar. This is from Mysterious Universe. The mysterious John Titor, Trump and Today's Time Travelers, February 27th, 2018. The recent story about the alleged time traveler to 2018 who blamed the 9-11 terrorist attacks on another alleged time traveler alleged that the time traveler's last name was Teeter. If that name rings a bell, you're obviously a time travel guru or perhaps know the time travel link to, to the election of President Trump. Wait, what? And then they have a quote. Greetings, I am a time traveler from the year 2036. I am on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer system from the year 1975. My, quote, time machine is a stationary mass, temp uh, mass temporal displacement unit manufactured by General Electric. The unit is powered by two drop-spin dual-positive singularities that produce a standard off offset Tipler's sinusoid. I will be happy to post pictures of the unit. On or about November 2nd, 2000, that message was posted on an internet forum by someone who first called himself time travel underscore zero and then later changed to John Teeter, Titor, when he moved to Art Bell's BBS forum. You all familiar with Art Bell? No. Uh, Art Bell was he a uh, big time kind of uh, 
spiritual skeptic, uh, sort of one of the OGs of conspiracy shows. He had a... Uh, well, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, AM broadcast guy. Yeah. He was in the 80s, right? 80s, 90s. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. died not too long he was ago. the original host of the paranormal-themed radio program, Coast to Coast AM. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, 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 so old geeks or computer historians, huh? So, what coast to coast AM, one of my favorite shows, yeah. That, that's the name I was blanking on. Um, old geeks of computer or computer historians will remember that the IBM 5100 portable computer was a 55 pound luggable with a built in keyboard, five inch CRT display, and tape drive, and was powered by a 16 bit palm. Put all logic in microcode processor. It predated the IBM personal computer by six years, and looking back, it's hard to imagine so little computing power in a time machine, let alone one moving not only a person, but a 1967 Corvette through time. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, John Teeter claimed that his time machine, pictured here, or, quote, stationary mass temporal displacement unit powered by two top-spin dual-positive singularities, was first installed in a rear of a 1967 Chevrolet Corvette convertible and later in a 1987 truck having four-wheel drive. Is time, they say, or they ask, is time travel that rough? If that design sounds familiar, it's similar to the DeLorean-based time machine in Back to the Future, which was released in 85, before 2000 when Teeter went public, uh, first went public, but after 1975 when he allegedly picked up his 67 vet. Titer allegedly went back to his future on March 21st, 2001, but left some information that was published in 2003 in John Titer's A Time Traveler's Tale. Unfortunately, most of the events he said would happen didn't actually happen. There was no civil war brewing in 2004 and erupting in 2008. The Olympics in 2004 were not the last ones. Um... The president in 2005, George W. Bush, did not, quote, try desperately to be the next Lincoln. However, Teeter's name does show up again in 2016 when Donald Trump was nominated for president. In a nutshell, possibly an appropriate allegory, Trump's uncle, John G. Trump, was rumored to be in possession of Nikola Tesla's time machine plans, which he had allegedly passed to his nephew. On the night Donald Trump was nominated in Cleveland, Lightning hit Trump Tower in Chicago, signaling to some that the time machine may have been activated, a time machine that may have been used by John uh, Titer. Those are pretty remote. Those are some pretty remote dots to connect. But then again, we're talking about a time machine powered by a 1975 mini com- uh, computer in a 67 Corvette. And I got some of his uh, predictions listed here. Um, one was a devastating nuclear war, which that, that always seems to be a pretty popular one. Uh, a world war in 2015 killed nearly 3 billion people. Um, we hadn't yet reached the year 2015 when I first wrote my original article. Uh, let's see. It's kind of long. I don't want to go through. Uh, something about the Iraq war. None of the, thi- none of the things I have said will be a surprise. 
they uh, they were set in motion 10, 20, even 30 years ago. Are you really surprised to find out that Iraq has nukes now, or is it just BS to whip everyone up into accepting the uh, next war? Which I I can't remember. Did they find weapons of mass destruction in Iraq or not? It was like uh, George Bush said. He's like, are there any over here? <laughs> no, none over here. How about over there? Any over there? <laughs> Nope, none over there. <laughs> I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to bust out that George Bush Jr. impression more often, please. <laughs> uh, the future of the Olympics, as a result of many conflicts, no, there were no official Olympics after 2004. However, it appears they may be revived in 2040. Um. While the 2008 Olympics were held in Beijing, China, they didn't occur without a hitch. During the lead-up to the Olympics, Tibetan protests spread throughout Chinese provinces which, uh, with calls for independence and the return of the Dalai Lama, as well as a number of other boycotts. Many wondered if this would interfere with the Olympics, though they did continue forward. Of course, Teeter didn't mention the 2008 Olympics specifically. He stated in no uncertain terms that after 2004, no Olympics would take place after uh, at all due to civil civil and world wars. Here in our world line, London hosted the Olympics in 2012, Rio 2016, soundly blowing a hole in this particular statement. <laughs> and then they say Tokyo, Japan will host in 2020. Uh, something about here, uh, Mad Cow and the hidden functions of the IBM 5100. You mean other than the Mad Cow pandemic, the breakthroughs in high energy physics and the unknown functions of the 5100? Um, this quote by Titer was uh, loaded with allusions to our potential future and discoveries that would soon be revealed. I've covered the IBM 5100 portable computer in a separate article, but suffice to say that he mentioned a hidden functionality within the computer that really did turn out to exist. The functionality was likely unknown to the average consumer at the time of posting, so it's curious that he would have known such a detail himself. I'm curious what it is, but I can look at that later. Uh, meanwhile, we've yet to encounter a, quote, mad cow pandemic. What? Uh, I thought there was one in the 2000s, though. That was in um, England. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, overheating space plane. Um, I guess this is based off of a question. Care to share with me how you solve the overheating problem on your space plane? Um, many believe this comment uh, here was an allusion to the Columbia Space Shuttle disaster in 2003 which occurred after a piece of foam struck the shuttle's left wing during takeoff. Uh, upon re-entry, upon re superheated air breached the damaged wing, leading to the disintegration of the shuttle. Um, goes on here with Russia and China. Russia and China have always, always had a very strange relationship. Even the news I see now indicates that continued weapon deals to allies, border clashes, and overpopulation will lead to hostilities. The West will become very unstable, which gives China the confidence to expand. Um, in 2000-2001, he also mentioned that China was very close to putting a man in orbit, and that actually happened in October 2003. Um, 
and they're gearing up to launch their own Mars Explorer rover in 2020. Interesting. Uh, growing civil unrest. There will be ones arresting and holding people without due process. Uh, Tyner made many comments regarding civil unrest reaching a boiling point in his timelines 2005 without getting too political. It's easy to see how certain events and political conflicts in recent years and in multiple countries could give weight to the comments, even though the dates are off. Um, Tyner in the many worlds interpretation. The many worlds theory seems to wrap up very nicely into current string theory. Unfortunately, we have not solved string theory yet either, but it seems to be the best working model we have in 2036. As you're probably aware, the quote big question, uh, big equation does not need to be the final solution in order to make, uh, to take advantage of the smaller parts that do work in the real world. And the article continues, what do we make of the science behind his alleged time machine? That's a hard one to unwrap, but it is curious that Stephen Hawking seemingly changed his mind about the nature of black holes and uh, Hawking radiation not long after Titer shows up. In his original faxes to Bart Bell, Titer says time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering, uh, by altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. The use of black holes as described by Titer clashed with our understanding of how they worked at the time, uh, namely that micro-singularities would evaporate before you'd be able to do anything with them. However, in 2004, Hawking revises theory, bringing in line with Titer's comments on the nature of Hawking's radiation uh, another interesting uh, the another interesting statement of titers that jumped out at me the author it is believed that all world lines end. it is also thought that parallel parallel world lines that appear to be the same end at different times thing uh, this would strangely enough coincide with the existence of a low mass higgs boson and recent findings at cern seem to indicate that this may uh, read may be the case. A low mass Higgs uh, boson would indicate that at any moment the universe could spontaneously c explode. Could this, in fact, be evidence that world lines do end? Uh, and then they talk about the time travel, and uh, I don't think I'd ever really heard about this guy before. Um, kind of sounds like a little bit of a nut job, but I like time travel stories. <laughs> I have no reason not to believe him, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, O'Reilly Auto Parts does sell the flux capacitor. <laughs> Part number 121G. They're everywhere down here. Yeah, man. O'Reilly's. <laughs> Everyone can have a flux capacitor. <laughs> Yeah, until the ATF decides to step in and be like, nah, you can't have that. Well, they're going to go to the manufacturer first, and then you're Oh, that's right, it. that's right, that's right. They're not going to tell you that you can't have that. They're no. just going the to become a felon overnight. <laughs> my favorite. Literally my favorite. <laughs> uh... Cool. I mean, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? Um, I'm just going to plug some stuff and then call it a night. 
Plug it. Yeah, uh, we have some very exciting news. We now have an official website. So you can go to www.behindtheschemes. That's SCH3M3S.com, behindtheschemes.com, and come and hang out. Check it out. We got, uh, we got a spot for our latest episode that gets posted. We got the past broadcasts. Uh, there's a green room chat room feature that's IRC. So you can log in there, hang out with us, chat, chat with the show. Um, there was something else, uh, Zosa's corner, you know, maybe we'd do like a fucking blog or something. I don't know. I got hundreds of pictures of masks laying on the ground. Maybe we make a daily series. Look at this stupid fuck not wearing a mask. Don't he know he's going to die? Yeah. <laughs> they took down my mask. <laughs> um, you can follow us on social media platform. Or excuse me, excuse me. I'm sorry. Social sesame platforms. Uh, Instagram feedback, the twits. It's all there behind the schemes. Or excuse me, at behind the schemes. Uh, I think Twitter is actually at sch3n3s. Um. And I think that's about it. Um, oh, I. I, I mean, what's that? Discord. Discord. Um, I can put the Discord on there. I think we might be ready for some random motherfuckers to come in, start hanging out. Why not? Fuck yeah! All right, I'll put the. Uh, I don't know how to like invite people that are listening to us to Discord, but. It'll be on the website soon, so swing on by there. It's under the social sesame. Um, I did have something I wanted to drop in at the beginning of the show, but um, maybe it wasn't the most appropriate time. But I do want to offer my uh, deepest condolences to Amber and Richard Davis. Um, if you're listening to this show and you're from the Wilmington area and you were ever involved in the community uh, the theater community, which this show is a, as a show of stagehands and actors. Um, Richard and Amber ran the Brown coat pub and theater. And, uh, I had gotten news that Amber had passed a couple of days ago, very unexpectedly. And it's, it's, uh, it's pretty terrible news. Uh, I don't know the full details. Um, they're not anybody that I've had any real contact with in the, in almost past decade or so. But uh, I just wanted to throw out to the ether, you know, safest travels, Amber. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry this, I'm sorry this happened. Um, but yeah, way to end on a uh, total downer. I'm Boo Berry. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm Montgomery. I'm Malika. Have a great night, everyone. Catch you. Hey, everything. We'll catch y'all next time.